Welcome to the Oklahoma Living and Real Estate Show. Your source for awesome things to do and see in the great state of Oklahoma, along with helpful real estate news, tips, and information. Now, let's join our host, Realtor with EXP Realty and Wannabe Cowboy, Tim Dumas. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining me today. I am Tim Dumas, Realtor with EXP Realty here in the Oklahoma City area. Today's show is a little different. We're going to spend the whole show focused on sharing about the Picture and Scripture Amphitheater, which is near Disney, Oklahoma. They have a brand new presentation, a brand new show this year. It's called Ruth, the Story of Redemption. And our guest on the podcast today is Linda Goldner. Her and her husband, Bill, founded the Picture and Scripture Amphitheater, and they run it. And she is going to share this great testimony about what God is doing through them and through the amphitheater and how he's blessing people. So I'm so excited to bring you this interview. Let's go to the interview right now. Joining me now is Linda Goldner, her and her husband, Bill, uh, are founders of the Picture and Scripture Amphitheater out near Disney, Oklahoma, and I'm so excited about her being here today. Linda, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for inviting me, Tim. It's a real pleasure and honor to be telling our story. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. And before we talk about what you're actually doing now with the story you have coming up for the 2023 about Ruth, Tell me a little bit about yourself and about Bill, your husband. Okay. It goes way, 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 way back because we've now been married 53 years. Wow, and congrats. Well, thank you. It's been quite the journey, and we are blessed with five children and 12 plus one, 13 grands. And so we just have the best life ever. Uh, it's had its challenges, but it has a lot of victories in it. But back to where we came from, I'm originally from uh, the north and met my husband up there one summer, and uh, we ended up having a whirlwind romance, and he was going to Oklahoma State, so I came back down here with him where that's where we attended, and we ended up, after we graduated, we came to the Grand Lake area to help his dad out with some land that he had purchased, and so we had come here and didn't think that we would be staying, but here we are 53 years later, and we're still in Disney, Oklahoma, the south end of Grand Lake. And it's been a pleasure living here. The people are warm and welcoming, friendly, and, and just, uh, it, it's just, it definitely is green country. Grand Lake is phenomenal, and we've just had fun raising our children here, and some still live here, others live far off, but um, it's just a, a great place. Fast forward uh, quite a few years, and um, by that time, we had two children, uh, two little girls, and uh, neither Bill or I were serving the Lord, but uh, the Lord got a hold of Bill one winter, and that is the coolest story ever, uh, and a little detailed, so I won't go into all of it, but he actually um, gave his heart to the Lord here on this property. uh, all I'm trying to think what year that would have been, how far back it would have been, but it would have been at least, um, I would say maybe 45 years ago. 
anyway, um, uh, he gave his heart to the Lord and he, it was a drastic change in his life because he went from being wild bill to preacher bill. And, uh, he was just so excited to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And before I knew it, he was enrolled in Bible college and he had a desire to go into the ministry. So, um, fast forward a little bit, we graduate from, um, Bible school and we come back to Disney to wait for where the Lord's going to send us. Would it be the mission field? Would it be some other state? We surely did not think it was going to be Disney, Oklahoma, but lo and behold, it was. And our first pastorate was in Disney at Disney Assembly of God. So during that time period, Bill had, uh, and Tim, you can cut me off at any time if you think I'm getting too lengthy. Um, but you, Bill you go had, ahead. This is interesting. Please keep going. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Bill had been going one early one May morning. And by early, it was probably five o'clock and it was dusky out, but he was going to do something so very spiritual. And that was to play golf with the deacons of the church. And so anyway, um, and that's just generally the way God talks to us is when we least expect it. Mm -hmm. And um, we're never in church. It's always out somewhere. And he drops something into our hearts. So um, he's going across the dam, which if you've been to Grand Lake, the dam is 1.1 mile long. It's the longest uh, uh, multiple arch dam in the world. And it is long and narrow. Uh, if you had to turn around, you couldn't turn around because it's just such a narrow dam built back in the 1940s. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, we're going across or he's going across the dam on his way to play golf, minding his own business. And he sees a teenage girl staggering down the center line of the dam. And he could tell immediately that it had not been a good night for her. her. hair was disheveled. Her clothes were. And his heart broke because being a father, he uh, thought, where has this girl been? Does anybody care that she's out here? What has happened to her? Uh -huh. And he passes by. And, of course, he didn't feel like he could stop because, you know, Five o'clock in the morning, a man picking up a teenage girl, not so good. So, but anyway, but it just kept on haunting him. And the Lord spoke to his heart and said, I want you to build a home for girls just like that. Well, wow. when he turned and looked back, the girl was gone. So we don't know to this day whether it was a reality or if it was um, just a ghostly angelic fig figure we have no no uh -huh. idea but the the impression was very strong in his heart and so bill comes home he goes to play golf he goes home the vision would not go away and um he shares it with me and you know we discuss it and we said well you know if that is god it won't go away and that's what you're supposed to do Right. So we started sharing it with other people and come to find out at that time in Oklahoma, there was scarce few facilities for teenage girls. And so uh, then we got connected with uh, a Department of Human Services, the OJA and, and everything. And they all were saying, hey, if you can do something like that, that would be great. So that's what we set out to do. And so this was, was this was in the 80s? Yes, it was in, yeah, the early 80s. Okay. And so um, at that time, um, uh, 
Bill's father owned the land and he said, I, I would like, I would like for you to do that. That, that just really resonates with my spirit. So he donated the land for the girl's home. And my father uh, was an architect and he was up in Wisconsin and we made a trip up there with all the specs and how to meet state requirements and everything. But we said, we don't want it an institution. We want it to be homey. Uh-huh. And so he never made the trip down here because he was going to come down and study the land and study, you know, everything. But he said one night he was lying on the couch and he said, all of a sudden the design came to him. He got up and he drew it. That was back in the days when they still drew things. And yeah. so um, <laughs> he went to the drafting board, he drew it and everything and then rolled up those plans and shipped them off to us. And it was perfect. Not one tree had to come down. Wow. It just settled right in there. And then there were people that said, we love what you're doing, Um, especially senior citizens. They just said, wow, we want to get behind you on this. Mm -hmm. Um, A church in Tulsa that had a group of seniors that was, uh, I believe they were called the Sunshiners. It was Woodlake Assembly of God. They wanted to come out and pray over the property. And at that point, Bill had um, all the batter boards up. It was a rainy day. They got out and they prayed from the property and we moved forward from there. And so it became a very exciting community project because we had people of all faith, faith denominations, and then just people, you know, that just said, hey, you know, can can I dig your footing? Um, That's can amazing. I do- oh, it was amazing. We had $87. Wow. And the way Bill and I've always operated with the Lord, don't highly recommend this, but it has kind of worked for us. Um, But we started with the $87 and the command from the Lord, and Bill heard it very clearly. I want you to start this, and I want you to build it in one year's time, debt-free. It was 6,000 square feet, and of course, that's the way it happened. In uh, fact, we beat, we beat uh, the, the one-year timeline. I can't remember if it was like 49 days, but maybe Foundation jumped in at the end, and we did a matching funds grant, and everybody got in there. It was just absolutely incredible. And so in 1984, in April of 1984, we de- um, dedicated the building had a great crowd come out and various people, they stocked the building. I mean, everything, we were ready to go. We just needed girls. In August of 1984, we received our license from uh, the licensing service in the state of Oklahoma. And they were wonderful to work with. They were were so good. Mm -hmm. And um, our uh, senators and representatives at that time, everybody was really behind this project. And so we opened the girls' home in 1984, and for 12 years, Bill and I ran it. And it was mainly more me because he was pastoring, and I was running the girls' home. And um, uh, and so, anyway, it was quite the adventure. Uh, but what ended up happening is we didn't have the funding for it that we needed. Um, it was just uh, You mean the funding we- to keep it going? Yes. Okay. Because we took girls out of police stations, off the street. There was no, there were no parents that were giving money. These were castaway kids. 
Oh. And um, and some of them did come through the state system, but not very many. Um, but most of them were, you know, people said, hey, you know, we know of this girl and and she needs help. Her her family is, you know, mom and dad are either gone or um, they burn their bridges behind them. And so we just took society's rejects. And once again, every month we seem to make it. We were operating and all, but we never had a whole lot of revenue and in all. But um, it was quite the journey and touched a lot of girls' lives. So it was it was a, a pretty neat deal. But that first year, so we opened in 1984, and we could see immediately that you know everybody said, "Oh, you build it and you'll get the money for it. You'll get the money." And we just didn't. I mean, it was just, um, you know, we. <laughs> literally would pray in food every day, you know, and, mm-hmm. and believe for the electric and, and, and all, and, you know, finances would come in. It wasn't that people didn't support us, but a lot of these girls, we got nothing from family. Mm-hmm. And so, or we would take care of them for $25 a month. And that was back in 1984, but it just wasn't, it, it just wasn't meeting the needs. And so um, Bill had another, revelation from the Lord and it was to build the amphitheater and um, uh, revenues from the amphitheater and the exposure that people would have um, coming out here in the country to the girls home that we would, you know, increase our donor list. And so in 1985 of July, we opened the play. We built the amphitheater. We started building in January of 1985. There again, no money, but the Lord provided. And um, so we opened in July of 1985 with the story called The Man Who Ran, the story of Jonah, Jesus, and the Great Fish. And Bill played Jonah. And he also wrote the play. And so um, I do have a theater background. That's my degree. And so I could figure out everything, um, although I'd never, never, uh, you know, run an amphitheater or done anything. And people would say, well, you know, do you know what you're doing? Do you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we go, no, this is the first one we've done, but surely (laughs) it's going to work out because we learned early on that the Lord does equip you. Mm-hmm. Um, when he calls you to do something, he thinks you've got the bones, that you've got the creativity or whatever it takes, and he draws it out of you. And so, I like, you know, I like how you said that. I like it very much. Well, thank you. Um, it, it just uh, he just gives you he um, he just gives you the ability because you'll say, oh, Lord, why send me? I can't do that. I can't do that. No, you can't. But with me, you can. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, I love working for him because he he pulls he pulls uh, from the inner core, you know, just your abilities. And um, and and so we are able to, uh, you know, make the thing work. In fact, in 1999, um we won the governor's merit award for outstanding attraction. And I mean, we were blowing and going with the man who ran And every summer. We would do this production on Friday and Saturday nights. And, um, and so we ended up adding the food element uh, because a friend of ours that 
who, by the way, it was a meat company that was uh, had started monthly supplying meat for the girls' home. And um, and so, but he they owned a restaurant and they said, hey, Linda, you're missing a big opportunity. You need to start feeding the people. And so we do to this day. And he came and taught us what we needed to know. There again, I've never run a restaurant before, but I do now. And so even though <laughs> it is seasonal it, and it's for events, but we have had some nights where we've fed, we have fed 500 plus people. And um, in the largest crowds that we've had here, have been probably 1,200, maybe 1,300. Um, we were really pushing the facilities, but we would have two or three of those nights every summer, and it was just um, definitely a rush. And mm-hmm. and um, and nobody uh, hung us from the rafters saying, "Ah, oh, you know, this is too busy and everything." It just worked out really good. And the message of the man who ran was just very timely because how many of us run from the calling of God? Uh um, I had so many testimonies of people that are are just way awesome. They go, you know, I I go to church. I'm a Christian. I do everything I'm supposed to do. But after I saw your play, I went home and read Jonah over and over and over again. And God said, so why are you running from me? Well, it's not that, you know, you can be serving the Lord, but not serving him. And what he's called you to do. And a lot of times we don't answer that call because we go, oh, I can't do that. Well, no, you can't. Not in your own power, but in the power of the Lord. If he's called you to do something, he will equip you. And um, and he does. He equips the called. And so uh, there's that old saying, um, he doesn't call the equipped. He equips the call. Mm-hmm. Called. So, um Anyway, that's what we found, and and it was just really neat to be a part of what God was doing through that play. Well, we ran that play for 17 years, and from the get-go, we had felt like we needed to do more plays, but we just got hung up on the man who ran and just did it over and over and over again, and people kept coming, and so it was all good, and um uh, so anyway, and, and let um, me interrupt you right here. Cause I had told okay. you when we previously talked, um, that my wife and I, we used to live in Tulsa. Now we live on in Yukon, which is West Oklahoma city, but we came to see the man who ran twice, two summers and just loved it. The food was great. We had a great time. And, uh, so yeah, I, everything you said, it, I agree. It was great. People loved it. Well, that, that is good to hear. It's good. And that's what keeps us going. Every time I want to quit, and I get down and I get discouraged and I go, Lord, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Uh, you know, I just can't do it. Then he will have me run into someone who'll say, Hey, you don't remember me, but my mother was the one they carried in. She was in a wheelchair. They carried her in, put her on the front row and she didn't get healed that night. But she said that word going forth, over the course of the next few weeks, she's totally healed and she is not in a wheelchair anymore. In fact, she babysits my kids. She said, it's just amazing. It's a miracle. I'm going, okay, 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 God, I get it. You want me to hear that this is what I'm supposed to keep on doing. And he spoke to my heart. It wasn't always a big crowd or a medium-sized crowd. We've played to as little as 25 people. And I remember one night when we had an extremely small crowd and I just said, Lord, why? 
Why, why, why? Why are we wasting their time? Our cast is bigger than the crowd. Mm. And during that show, I was running sound and lights, and there was a gal in there that was running in the sound booth, running a spotlight. And um, it was the spot we had didn't have a fan on it. So she had a fan going. The spot was going. It was kind of noisy in there. And I kept on hearing Linda, Linda. And I'd say, what do you want, Candace? And she'd go, I'm not talking to you. I didn't say anything. And that happened repeatedly. And I had an, a Samuel experience because right then and there, I went, oh, Lord, are you the one talking to me? Are you the one calling my name? And he said, yes. And he said, just keep doing what you're doing. The size of crowd makes no difference. There's someone out there that needs to hear this message. But you keep doing what I've asked you to do, and I will prosper and bless you. And that's exactly what he did. And so I would reflect back on that. I reflect back on that today and just go, oh, my gosh, you know, Lord, what are you doing here? We are a very different kind of ministry, but my whole key from the beginning has been um, if we open up the scriptures, Mm -hmm. just, you know, as it is written and give them line by line and build the story around it. And obviously we, you know, have poetic justice or what is it? Poetic justice where you say you kind of fill in between the blanks and, and add in between the times. Anyway, I know what you're talking about. I think no, the people po- will too. Poetic, yeah. It's poetic license. That's it. And, that's it. Yeah. <clears throat> and so anyway, but the Lord, you know, um, you know, really impressed upon my heart, you know, just, just get my word out there. Sow the word, sow the word, sow the word. He has said that to me so many times. He said, you don't need to do anything else. Just put the word out there. And so that's what this ministry is all about. And therefore, picture in scripture, which, uh, you know, what we're trying to do is show you the picture of the way it might have been mm-hmm. back then and the message that God was trying to, why he had that story in the Bible. And it is all everything that's in the Bible. It's there so we can learn from. Amen. So anyway, so we're moving on and and um, Bill and I said, it's time for us to do a new play. So Bill came up with the title. He said, let's do Elijah. And I said, let's write it together. So he said, the Elijah factor. I said, oh, that sounds great. And so I started writing and I showed some of it to him. And he said, you don't need me. Just keep on writing. I said, no, you need to jump in here every now and then. But he didn't. And I did. And so I ended up writing The Elijah Factor. And that was a great success. Um, And we did that for quite, I should know the years, but I don't know. And then, um, then I'm trying to think maybe five or six years ago, maybe a bit Further back than that. Um, anyway, then the Lord put on our hearts to do Damascus Road, the story of Saul's conversion on the Damascus Road. So um, I ended up writing that one. And um, and so that's, you know, we were doing and we brought back the man who ran every now and then as, you know, just a fun thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so... We just really didn't know. I mean, Bill and I are not getting any younger. And all of our friends around us are retiring. 
and they're saying, you know, you need to step away. You need to go, go do something for yourself. You've always given, always given. Well, then the Lord drops Ruth into my heart. And so. And this is the first year for, for this, for this one, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. We're, we are still um, fine tuning Ruth. In fact, we're in rehearsals now, but um, we are still fine tuning it and, and everything, but the Lord gave it to me, and um, and I think it has a powerful message that um, even as Ruth had a Redeemer, so do we have a Redeemer in Jesus Christ. And I'm mm-hmm. excited for people to, to see it. Um, uh, I don't know. I just think it's going to be a powerful play. All, all of our plays have had a strong message. And the neatest thing about it are people will go, I didn't know that was in the Bible. So it drives them back to the Bible, to the particular book, to the particular person. And as they read it over and over, in fact, this I've had people say, I read it over and over and kept on saying, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? And then the Lord reveals to them what he's trying to tell them for their own life. And that's exactly what he commanded us to do to begin with. Share the word, share the word, sow it, get it out there. And then let me do the work. And so that's basically, we're just being a mouthpiece in a very different way. We're fulfilling, um, you know, it's it's entertainment, but um, there are a lot of people that'll come to this amphitheater that won't darken a church door. Mm-hmm. But after they come, then they end up seeing, whoa, I have a need. And I need to be involved in the local church. And so, um, uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you how many widow ladies have told me that their husband would not go to church all of their married days and everything. And they got him to come here because this is harmless. Well, the way it's harmless are the no walls. And you might be able to escape from the message and, and you know, the husbands would just think, ah, how how harmful can that be? We'll go have dinner. We'll listen to a play. It'll just be a play, but God speaks to their heart. And um, I, I'm thinking of one in particular that um, uh, she called me in tears probably six months after her husband passed away. And she said, I just can't thank you enough because all our married life, he never would go to church with me. And then I, I tricked him into coming to the amphitheater. And, um, but she said he came for the catfish, mm-hmm. <laughs> but God got a hold of his heart. And she said that when, um, Bill and, and that particular night, Bill had, had felt like there were people in the crowd that needed to give their hearts to the Lord. He was one of them to stand up and he grabbed a hold of her hand. And she said she was in such shock. She couldn't move. And he kept on jerking her hand and she was going, wait, what's happening here? Why are you standing up? And she was going, Oh, me of little faith, you know, um, I wasn't prepared for that. But she said that night he gave his heart to the Lord. And she said the last year of his life was the best year that they'd ever had because uh, they served in the church together. She said we never she said, in fact, he went above and beyond what I ever have done. And she said, I am so thankful that he is in heaven now because of that play. And she said that was that was the turning point in his life. And so we never know when we give 
forth God's word, where it's going to go and how it's going to affect and what it's going to do and, and everything. We just need to be, be obedient to the call. Well, I want to thank you and your husband for being obedient because I know you've touched so many people over the years and you continue to be faithful. And and as as you've talked about, when we do what God's telling us to do and, and walk in faith, walk in obedience, he, start, he starts to draw out of, out of us things we didn't even know were inside of us. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. People have said to me, oh, Linda, you're so talented. And I said, I never had this talent before, before I started. <laughs> never, never. But he knew that he needed to use me. I was a vessel and I just said, here I am, Lord, send me. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And yes, he has pushed me. He has, uh, yeah, he's pressed me. He's pressed all the ugliness out. Not to say that there still can't be some ugliness, but but still, you know, he he's formed me into what he wants me to be and what he wants me to do. And it's it's exciting. Oh, working for the Lord is so exciting because you never know what's going to be around the next band. Yeah. And you can't see me, but I've been smiling this whole interview, just loving hearing what you're saying. Well, so, good. Good. So it starts on uh, June 16th of this year and runs through July 22nd, right? That's right. Every Friday and Saturday night. And um, a typical evening starts out with at 630, we open the gates and um, uh, you can come in for a meal. We serve the meals till eight o'clock. And this year we're serving uh, our catfish and um, charbroiled hamburgers or cheeseburgers, whichever. And um, we, uh, you know, people seem to enjoy that. We also, uh, there again, and this is the whole nother story, but I'll just kind of give it in a little nutshell. And that is um, about six, seven years ago, I said to the Lord, hey, um, we've got all this wonderful property that we're only using in the summertime. What can we do year round? I was not dreaming the direction he would take me. You talk about, you know, molding and shaping someone. He... in. Uh, opened the doors for us to start an animal therapy program. And we did that. It's called Oasis Animal Adventures. It's a teaching tool um, uh, and also a therapy tool. But we ended up with some incredible animals. We already had animals um, for the play. We had camels and horses and donkeys and sheep and, and for the play. So I already had some animals, but then we have expanded, oh, hugely in um, – to the point now we've got a lot of exotics, a lot of fun, fun animals that we've hand raised. Some have been um, rescues, but mostly we purchased them and hand raised them. And they are absolutely the greatest. And so we are a um, Oklahoma agritourism attraction. And so we have field trips and we have family groups that come and we do the therapy as well. Uh, Bill and I are certified with OK Corral series uh, um, out of uh, Nevada and uh, with Greg Kirsten in amazing, amazing program. There's so many things we can learn from the animals. Our motto is gateway to the heart. And that's what these, they are the gateway to the heart. And when you melt off the hardness that life builds up around our heart, mm -hmm. then the Lord can get in and we can teach about boundaries and healthy relationships and, you know, herd versus pack and how animals take care of each other and how animals treat each other. And, and because they're nonverbal, we have to stop and slow down long enough to read 
their body language. And um, and that's the problem with our world today. We're all too fast and furious, too digitized and everything that we don't take time for each other. And really, we were created for human touch, not computer touch. We were created to have relationships with people. Um, and so if we get back to the basics, then we can have a fuller and happier life. And, and the things that um, distresses and tenses up and, and everything. So anyway, sorry to get off on that tangent, but those animals <laughs> will be available for people to, um, to meet and possibly hold some. It just depends upon the age of them. Right now I have a baby lemur. We do have a, a monkey that uh, she's two years old. She's a delight to watch, but man, is she, she's our wild child. And, um, but highly, highly entertaining. We have zebras, we have camels, um, uh, Cotamundi, uh, just a, a wide variety. Um, in fact, one of the animals in the show this year, I got him especially, um, he's a Brahma bull calf and he will be in, in the show as well as we've got another little bull calf and donkeys that are, they're actually kind of, you know, part of the look for the day. And, um, and also you'll get to meet those animals and they are all like, uh, they don't even know what your bubble is. I mean, they just get in your space. They're <laughs> so loving and, and fun and everything. And so, um, it, it's just a fun experience. So you get to experience the animals as well. At eight o'clock, we have a music pre-show and then we start right before dusk and a little after 10, you will be ready to head on back down the road, but hopefully encouraged and relaxed and um, with a new message in your heart. Well, thank you again for being here and sharing. And I'm going to have information um, about your website and all that online. And uh, so people can actually buy their tickets online, correct? That's right. Yeah. If they would, uh, it's picture in scripture.com it's picture I in scripture.com where they can buy the tickets. Um, if you have any problems at all, you can call 918-435-8207 and, um, and I will be glad to, or whoever answers the phone will be glad to help you purchase tickets or you can purchase at the gate. I mean, that's always an option too. Okay. Sounds great. And again, Linda, thank you so much for doing this interview, taking your time because I, I like to, sh the, the show is called Oklahoma living in real estate. And I like to share what's great about living in Oklahoma and you and Bill and what you're doing are certainly a big part of what's great about Oklahoma. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing about what you do. And thank you for sharing about the goodness and faithfulness of God. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tim, for asking me. It's been a just a real pleasure and joy. I was so blessed listening to Linda share her story about the uh, faith journey that her and her husband, Bill, have been on and what all they have done with the Picture in Scripture Amphitheater. I really encourage you to go. I'm going again this year. It's a great event. Again, it starts June 16th, runs through July 22nd, and it's Ruth, the story of redemption. And as I said before, I will have the information in the show notes. So please consider going out having a great time, and supporting uh, this great event. Now, as we end today, I want to leave you with a quote from Winston Churchill. He said, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. That's something to think about. Again, my name is Tim Dumas. 
real estate agent with EXP Realty here in the Oklahoma City area. If I can do anything for you regarding real estate, please give me a call, 405-352-8186. Thanks again for being here, and God bless.